let's open up your Bibles, please, to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, where we left off last week. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and we will pick back up in verse 9. So let's just uh, read through these last several verses here, and, um, and then we'll take it verse by verse. Verse 9. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed to them, to us, through his Spirit, for the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the Spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolish to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So finishing up chapter 2, as we have watched and seen over the last couple of weeks, the message of the cross, the simple gospel message is so simple, it's simple enough for even the most indifferent passive heathen out there can hear, understand, and believe and be saved by the power of God that we learned last week through the message of the gospel of the message of Christ. You and I at one point were that indifferent and passive heathen who loved the world and the things of the world and the flesh dominated us and the spirit of God spoke to our hearts through the simple gospel message, and we were changed. Because we heard. We believed by faith, and we were then saved. But the gospel is also so profound, so incredibly deep, that the most brilliant theologian today cannot grasp the depths of the gospel. And that's incredible to me. Because the more you're, the longer you're saved, the more you study the word, the more you think you're going to get it, the deeper God will take you into the depths where you still go, oh, I still don't get this. 
<laughs> and you still continue to seek after him because you, he doesn't want, you're not going to arrive to where you think you've got it all. He just gets you to that plateau and you're like, oh, man, that's incredible truth. And then all of a sudden you look up and you go, wow, another peak. I didn't even know. And then all of a sudden you start treading up the hill until you get to the next plateau and you go, what incredible truth that that God just revealed to me. And then you find yourself, wow, another peak. (laughs) And And it's awesome because it's going to be for eternity that you and I are going to continue to learn. For eternity. Even in heaven, you're going to continue to learn for eternity. And you'll never arrive completely in the depths of understanding of God. See, salvation was purchased by the Son. This plan was given and developed by the Father because he loves you and I that much. It's a very simple message. Because he loves you, And he wanted to have a relationship with you. He built a plan. And his son came to purchase you and I. Now with that gospel message comes something that you and I as Christians look for and continue that God wants us to have in our lives. And that is to continue to build upon the wisdom of God. Last week we saw the power of God. Today we're going to see the wisdom of God. And that wisdom of God challenges all who think they know it all. Because those out there who think they already know it all come to a point where they realize as they see and read and hear that they really don't know all the wisdom of God and they have to continue to seek after that wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God is not for the masses of lost sinners. And the wisdom of God is not even for those who are immature Christians. The wisdom of God is for mature believers who desire to grow in their understanding of the word of God. That is what the wisdom of God is for. Those of us who choose and want to mature in our faith. And the wisdom of God comes from God alone and not from man as we saw last week in verse 7. And this wisdom tells that the mature believer about the incredible eternal plan that God has for his people and is for creation. We also see in verse 7 last week that the wisdom of God has been hidden. It's called a mystery. A mystery that was in the Old Testament and brought to light in the New Testament. And it was that sacred secret or that hidden truth of past ages that are now being revealed to the people of God. And we see Paul last week notes that the mystery along with identifying with other believers, and he used a pronoun in verse 7, if you notice, we, we as believers, we as apostles, he's even referring to, understanding as God reveals the mystery that was laid out in the Old Testament. And not only was it the wisdom of God from God, and it was hidden 
and now bringing, being brought to light. But we also saw last week in verse 7 that the wisdom of God involves God's ordination or means that God made the plan. He set it in motion. And now we're going to see that come to fruition. We call it the great plan of redemption. That even as they studied the Old Testament, they didn't understand this great plan of God of redemption. They saw bits and pieces bits and pieces of it they understand but they was just it wasn't completely revealed at that point in time until Jesus came but we also see in verse 7 that the wisdom of God results in the glory of God's people one of the greatest revealing of the plan of ages and if you want to see that even referenced even more go back to Ephesians chapter 1 and see it there and Paul explains all of this is done for God's glory. Now, in verse 8 last week, we saw that the wisdom of God is hidden from the unsaved world as well. That it was, it's, it's hidden from the princes of this world or of this age. And that they're, they're going to understand the things of God. And how we're warned that if we think we can look into the world to understand what God is doing or look at those wise aged of these princes of these ages who live in walk in darkness and think that we're going to get from their philosophy and from their, their thinking and their ways and their books that we're somehow going to be, um, receive wisdom for our day, then we're being foolish, are we not? Because the scripture tells us their things of God are hidden from them. So that's why we don't seek counsel from them. We don't look at their lives and listen and read their books to understand what God has for us as his children. But we come to the word of God because that is where the wisdom of God comes from. And not of this world. But this door open. The door of also in verse 8, not only the princes of this world, those non-believers of this world, but it also can refer to the satanic forces, including Satan himself, did not understand God's great eternal plan. Now that's interesting to ponder around that we sometimes think Satan knows everything that God was going to do or is going to do. But he does not. The demons don't know everything that's been going on. If you really think about it, he, Satan, right from the very beginning of time, has been trying to take out Jesus. Right from the very beginning of time. And when we got to the point where Satan had Jesus at the Calvary, and he's thinking God's greatest defeat is going to be on the cross. He's finally, Jesus is going to go on the cross. He's going to die, and that will be it. He will triumph. But at the same time, we know in the scriptures, in Colossians 2.15, that it came actually not of God's great um, defeat, but it's actually God's greatest victory and Satan's defeat. Because they obviously did not understand it was through and by the cross and Jesus' resurrection that was going to set mankind free. You think Satan would want Jesus to go to the cross to give you and I the ability to have a choice 
to be set free from his grasp? Of course Satan would never allow and would want Jesus to go to the cross. Because Satan loves to have people who are unsaved, you and I before we got saved, in his grasp going into hell. But Jesus came to set us free. Now here in verse 9 today, Paul starts by highlighting God's wisdom is only known only by the Holy Spirit. Only by the Holy Spirit can God's wisdom be revealed to man. And we see it, he starts off by saying, and he references back to Isaiah 64.4, not in word-for-word quotation, but in paraphrasing. He says, I, but as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. See, Paul is bringing out to light that it's, it, it is about an internal perspective that things God has revealed, your ear cannot hear, your eyes cannot see, your heart cannot receive unless God, the Holy Spirit, actually reveals those to you. But it's not just from an eternal perspective. That's not speaking just to when you go to heaven when those things are going to be revealed to you and I. But actually, it can be revealed to you and I today as a believer. How do we know that? Well, he goes on in verse 10. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. See, God has ordained this for our glory. We saw that in verse 7, right? And for you and I to understand this from a very simplistic perspective, that if God has revealed things to you and I today, and he keeps it at a very simple level and simple perspective, that we can have the fullness, as we saw last week, the fullness of joy, the power of God working in our lives. We can have joy in daily walk. We don't get our joy when we only go to heaven. We have joy today. We don't get fullness when we get to heaven. We actually can have fullness of life today. Think this through. For for those who love God, every day is a good day. How do we know that? Well, we study that in Romans 8, uh, 8.28, right? We have a good day every day. We don't wait until we get to heaven to have a good day. We have a day every day. Because why? Because it may not look like a good day today because it's snowing. You may not feel like it's a good day today because you actually came down with the flu and you're sick. But every when God is working in your life according to his plan, which he has you in the palm of his hand, every day is a good day. And we can rejoice and be glad in it, right? That's what the scripture tells us. But when we fail to trust him that day, when when we fail to trust in in our faith, not by sight, but, but we put our trust in our feelings that day, or we are disobedient to him that day, 
That's when our love grows cold toward him that day. And then what happens is this life of a somber weight comes upon you. And you're weighted down. And so there is no, <laughs> then it turns out to not be a very good day for you. But he tells us and he encourages us and we are to encourage one another, you know, and sometimes it's hard. Trust me, sometimes you want to encourage people. Their hearts are just don't want that. They want to have that somber weight. They want to feel what they're feeling. But God says, no, lift up your eyes. Seek after me. First seek the kingdom of God and his, my righteousness. And I'll add this good day on to you. I've got this day handled for you. But you've got to trust me. I'm bringing sisters in your path to encourage you. Oh, I wish I could see Jesus. Well, then let people in your life because Jesus shows up in their life into your life. That's why we don't forsake the fellowship. Anytime we find ourselves wanting to isolate ourselves, you know that is not of God. Unless it's purposely to be set apart, to go like Jesus did, get away, to, but you, you're, you have a purpose to be fasting and praying, and you're, you're in the Word. That, that's a difference. But if you're looking at this, I, just want, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know that's not of God. Because God wants to use people in your life and to work through you to help you through this sombered weight that you find yourself in. And if we walk in God's wisdom, we will enjoy his blessings day by day by day. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. For the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. So before the life and the ministry of Jesus, God's people had a vague understanding of the glory of the work that God was doing based on the Old Testament they had. And what it would do for his people ultimately, eternally. But they really didn't have the full grasp of, uh, that you and I have because now we have this Holy Spirit, our helper who lives within us, to be able to bring to light the full counsel of God called the Bible and brings to light those things for us. They didn't have that back then in the Old Testament time. But he says here, Paul says, through his Spirit... It reminds Paul that only the Holy Spirit can tell us about God and his wisdom. Because it's unattainable through human wisdom. Human wisdom cannot show you and teach you the depths. You can't even as humans, and as we've seen, go out and investigate and use their human logic. They cannot understand the things of God as we see here in the scripture. But if you want to know the depths of God, the things of God, then we have to go beyond that, that love for human wisdom. And the Corinthians proudly love, the Greeks love that kind of wisdom. The Jews love the miracles, but those are the miracles and the, the philosophy is not going to get to the depths of the understanding of the things of God only by the working of the Holy Spirit through that person's life that was going to have that thing. 
And because we're believers and because of the Holy Spirit working and bringing the the depths of understanding of the things of God, we as believers are going to see things others don't see in the Scripture. We're going to experience and know and understand the things that God will reveal in the big eternal picture because of the fact that the Holy Spirit reveals that through the Word of God to us. We can understand it. And the Spirit of God reveals, as we see in the Scripture here, to His people spiritual things that human eyes can't see and human ears don't hear. And then he goes on in verse 12, he says, really Paul highlights, how can we receive this wisdom? I want this wisdom of God. I need this wisdom of God. I want to know the depths of God. I don't want to live a shallow Christian life. I want the depth. How does that happen? Paul continues in verse 12, he says, now we have received, not the spirit of the world, but the spirit of God capital S on your in your Bible, the Holy Spirit, who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Freely given. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. So we see here in these two verses, Paul brings out to light that we might know This wisdom comes from the Spirit who is from God, not at the Spirit of the world. The world is not, the Spirit is, that's a dark spirit in this world. It's demonic in this world when it comes from the world. But the Spirit that comes from God, that brings light. We're able to receive the things that the Spirit who is from God has for every believer. And we have access to the spiritual wisdom that he's referring to. And that, that, that each believer is not going to have this equal spiritual wisdom, but that as we grow and mature, that we're going to know and understand the basic Christian message that he has. But as you grow and mature in your faith, he continues to give you the wisdom of God and the depths of God. And as you grow, you're going to see more and more as he reveals those to you. And I can't wait till when we get to heaven, we'll have even more that will be revealed to us. And if we don't seek after him, if we're not in the word, if we're not allowing the Holy Spirit to work through your life, you'll live this shallow Christian life. As we always joke in the, you know, sometimes in the children's ministry, you'll, you know, the teachers sometimes will ask a simple question, you know, who, uh, who built the ark? Jesus, you know, uh, who crossed the, you know, the Red Sea? Jesus, you know, everything's Jesus, right? They're at the basic level. It's not good to be at that basic level forever. You understand what I'm saying? Even though it is all about Jesus, there is some depths and understanding of how God has worked through men and women through the scriptures and how God will work through your life and my life. Now comparing, he says at the very end of those those two verses, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Christians are revealed things to us. You know, God reveals things to us through the scripture. And these things we ponder on, these spiritual words we're learning and and understanding of what they mean. 
But what God does then is once you understand these basic words, these basic thoughts, these basic doctrines and these, these foundational things, then what he does is he takes those and he builds on those with spiritual, meaning he'll take those words and concepts taught only by the Holy Spirit and then he builds on to those as we continue to seek him daily. It's, it's, it's like a foundation that must be laid in every one of our lives. See, the Spirit of God enters our body when we're saved and made it his temple, the temple of God. We see that uh, as we get further along in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, verse 10 or so, 10 through or, or at least chapter 6, 1, 1 Corinthians chapter 6. But then we see. He baptized you in the body of Christ. We saw that we will see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. He then sealed you with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, verses 13 and 14. He will remain in you and I. We see that in John 14, 16. He is the fact that He is a gift from God to you for eternity. Jesus also promised that his spirit would teach us, you and I. We see that in John 14, 26. He not only will teach you, but he will guide you in your life. We see that in John 16, 13. And as the, God continues to use the scripture, as we continue able to study the Bible, and as we let the Holy Spirit teach us the depths of God from the scriptures, he builds this, this concept of spiritual thing with spiritual Thing. It's like building upon each other. That is how it worked. He, he brought forth the Old Testament. He brought forth the original scriptures. And we, yet people were amazed as Jesus was on this earth. He would reveal the Old Testament. But it wasn't the Old Testament they studied, they knew, they memorized, and they, they kind of thought they understood. But he took the Old Testament, that scripture, and he built upon it and brought it a fresh understanding in the new covenant. Did he not? So things all of a sudden, they were like, wow, that's so fresh. Remember, if you watched him and he was sharing and he was going from the temple to temple, they were just amazed how he would bring the Old Testament to life in a, a new and a fresh way. That brought clarity and it was building from the spiritual things they understood, the Old Testament, and he brought it with and, and built upon it. The new, the new covenant, the new, the new scriptures that we see, and they brought it together. And it was a fulfillment, an understanding of what God was trying to get across to him for all those years. And the Spirit of God reminds us of what he has taught us as we are in the full counsel of God. As you study the Old Testament and the New Testament, we want the whole counsel of God because it's one love story from God. It's one journey for us to understand and how he's going to use that to build in our own life. That's why we don't isolate ourselves to topics on Sundays. We don't understand just a New Testament church, or we're just an Old Testament church, or we only spend time in Genesis. We don't talk about ever talk about the Revelation. Well, no, we want to talk about every single word that God has given us. Every dot, every tittle, everything. We want it all, do we not? Because as we study as he continues to study and, and seek after him, he will continue to build those spiritual things that he's taught you. He'll continue to build on more depth of spiritual things in your life for the purpose of your life, for the plan in your life, 
to be able to use you in the lives of others for eternity. That is how it works. It's why we continue to study the word of God verse by verse. I recommend to you, I, I highly suggest to you as your pastor, that you, not because you have to, because you have a desire to, to study the scriptures daily. And as you study the scriptures daily, as you read the word, you will then meditate on what you've read day and night. And when you do that, he will build on these things that he continues to teach you day by day. And if, when you follow this regular scheduled time of studying and prayer and reading the word and meditating and thinking upon the scripture, the spirit of God brings wisdom of God to your life. Because you're searching the word and he's teaching you. And it's through that study and the application of the, the Bible, the doctrinal truth, the, the truths of God, it transforms your life. And it's as simple as that. When people say, I don't feel like I'm growing in my, 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 my relationship with God. It's, you, you, it's a very simple reason why. It's really one of two things. You've allowed sin in your life and you're not willing to get rid of the sin that God has revealed to you in your life and you're not repenting of it. And until you repent, you will not grow. Or if it's not habitual sin, it's not things that are in your life that's hindering you, it's that you're not spending the time and meditating on his word so that he can continue to mold and shape you and transform your mind. And it only happens through the word of God. There is no other way. Are you with me? Hello? But that's why I encourage you. It's scripture's really clear for us. If you want to grow, spend time, desire to spend time with him, talking about the things of God and, and allow other people in your fellowship time. Yes, don't get me wrong, you can talk about all kinds of things. God can use that to help each other. But do not forget when you come together to talk about the things of God because God can use someone else in your life to help you with that. And as a result, we look at the world around us and we see a very different picture than when we, were for, when we weren't saved. When you were not saved, you saw the things of the world and the spirit of the world and it was just corruption everywhere. But when you got saved and you were mature, you saw things differently. But as you grow and mature, you'll see things even more differently. See, it's interesting when you think about this. I sit there and I watch news. I'm, I, I, I can be a, a news junkie sometimes. And I can see the world is struggling with things in the world. Like, what's going to happen in the Middle East? Well, God has already revealed that to me. He's given me the wisdom of God through the word of God. I know there's going to be a great battle in the Middle East. There's no question in my mind. Right? We, we already know this. 
how that all plays out and when that plays out, that's, that's God's timing. That is God who has control over those things. But we already know what's going to happen. God's already revealed that to us. And there's other things that are going on around us, and we wonder, well, how is it going to play out in politics? It, it really, we already know how it's going to play out in politics. We know the scripture tells that he appoints all leaders. It's according to his plan. According to his purpose. We can rest in these things. We don't have to get all wrapped up into the things of this world. We keep our eyes on Jesus and serving him and doing what he's called us to do. We don't waste our time and energy and money on the things of this world. So he's given us wisdom to make right choices and to do the right things with anticipation of his return to take us into heaven. Because we're sojourners. We're not even part of this world. We're not even from this world. God has called us and separated us now from this world for eternal purpose. So we don't have to get, spend a lot of energy and time. We just seek after him. Because why is that so different? Well, if you look and continue in verse 14 through 16, the natural man versus the spiritual man, Paul highlights here to you and I. He says, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. So these last few verses, Paul kind of really simplifies for you and I that there are two different men. There's two different women out there. There's the natural, and then there's the spiritual. The unsaved is the natural. You and I, as the saved person, is of the spiritual. So he does this contrast between the spiritual and the natural. Spiritual being the saved person with the Holy Spirit living within you. And then you've got the natural who is the unsaved who does not have the Holy Spirit living within them. Pretty simple. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, Lord willing, next week, we're, Paul is going to introduce a third kind of a person called the cardinal man. But today we see the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God. This Greek word there for the natural man describes a materialist. The natural man is a materialist. All they can think and ponder on and see is only the things of the physical life. That's all they can see. They are wrapped up with only what they see. And if they can't see it, it must not be true. It can't be happening. Until you show it to me, I'm not believing it. You ever said that before? Before you got saved? I really hope you don't say that now as being a believer. That's, that's a natural man. Non-believers say that. I'll believe it when I see it. Ah, you, you, you can kind of click and go, that's who I'm talking to. I'm talking to a natural man. An unsaved man, normal, like, more than likely, when I hear those kinds of terms. 
but they're a materialist. They're wrapped up in the, the you know, that natural man where we were all, we all start in life, you know, we were all natural men, right? We were born, we, were, we, 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 we inherited the life of Adam, we lived by the flesh, we, we thought by the flesh, we, we you know, it, it wasn't bad. I mean, that, that's the way we were designed, right? We, we were born, we, we focused on uh, eating and sleeping and work. Look at the babies. All they can think about is eat and sleep, right? And as you get older, you still eat and sleep, and now, okay, you got some work you need to do. And then it becomes more work and more work. But we eat, sleep, and work. That is a natural man. There's nothing wrong with that. That's natural. But at the life, at this level, if it stays that way for that person as an unsaved man, it's just like an animal. They're no different. They just eat. They sleep. And they go out and do what they need to do. And the natural man doesn't want the things of God we see here. Because he regards spiritual things in the scripture here as foolish. To them who live in the natural, live in the physical, the material, I, I live and I, I work to make and buy and get things and be able to play and have a great time in life. They see spiritual things as foolishness to them. What a waste of time that anyone would sit there and go on a Sunday when they could sleep in and go to a Bible study and, and gather together and talk about Bible stuff. That's foolish to a natural person. Okay, I'll get up, honey, if it makes you happy, and I'll go to church with you. These are a natural man or woman's response. Not a spiritual woman, not a spiritual man. Because when you're in the natural, you don't see anything of value going and spending time going to a Bible study or doing devotions or spending time talking about the things of God in, in eternity, heaven. Why? Why? Because their natural mind can't conceive things of spiritual things. That's why they talk like, give me the bottom line. Don't give me all that flushes. Tell me how it's going to play out. Give me the plan. But see, when you talk about the spiritual man, the spiritual woman, the saved person, then they go beyond the natural man. They go beyond just what they see, and they seek after what God is going to reveal they are to do. It's called discernment. It's called maturity. And you always can tell a mature Christian by their discernment of spiritual things, or even discernment of what's happening around them in the physical realm. You have this sense, I don't know what it is, but something's just not right here. I'm looking and I'm watching, something's not right, and you know there's something not right. I remember when I was talking to, on the phone, with, of course, headset free, you know, hands free, on the New Jersey Turnpike. And I was talking to this person, and I was behind an 18-wheeler. And all of a sudden, I just 
God spoke, said, get out from behind that 18-wheeler. And I immediate obedience. I went to the fast lane, turned over to the fast. And this, I mean seconds, that tire blew on that 18-wheeler and went right down that path where I was just at and would have taken me out. That is not coincidence, my brothers and sisters. That is God speaking and giving you spiritual discernment. The question is, will you be immediate obedience when he reveals it to you? That is what we're talking about. It's a practical example in my own life of how God will reveal. You walk in, you just know, you get in a thing, all of a sudden the red flags start popping. You go, ooh, something's not right. The spirit is not good in here. It's dark. You just immediately alert and you're on guard. You know something and you know. God says flee. What do you do? You flee. See, the natural man will say, I can take it. I'm strong enough. I'm smart enough. I'm going to do. No, 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 no. Unless God says stand firm and fight and I give you the strength to go to battle like we see through the scripture, then you go to battle. But if he says, hey, I'm not with you on this, don't go to battle <laughs> because you're going to lose. When we trust the Savior, the Spirit came in your life. And he moves us into the view of the spiritual. The spiritual realm is where we live. The unsaved man cannot receive the things of the spirit. Because he chooses not to believe them. And cannot understand them. But as a Christian, day by day, we receive the things of the spirit. And we grow and we mature we understand, we hear that still small voice speaking, guiding and directing your life and the choices we make. What, what peace, what security, what contentment we have in our life as a Christian when we have a life like that and not out of the natural man. In verse 15, we see there that he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is rightly judged by no one. Paul here is not saying that every Christian is above every criticism. Why? Because through the whole book of 1 Corinthians, is all about criticism. God is, Paul is using Paul to criticize what's going on in Corinth. These believers were messing up. So it's not about overcoming and saying, you know, never be criticized. It's not what he's saying here. The point is clear that no natural man is equipped to judge a spiritual man. And you see that happening all the time in the work environment. The, these non-believers will tell you as a believer, you shouldn't do this. And oh, that doesn't make sense. And why wouldn't you do that? And oh, how could you do this? You're going to lose out on this. And they give you all this wisdom. But how or who are they to judge you or to give you advice of what God is guiding and doing in your life? They don't have the spiritual discernment and understanding of what God's doing in your life. They can't understand why you go to Bible study and again every week. Why you have devotions in the morning. Why you sit there and spend time in worshiping. Why you sing in your car. They can't understand any of that. 
Because you're different than the world. You set, you, you're different. So they start casting you out. They don't invite you. It's okay, people. Fellowship with like-minded people. You have a different mindset. And Paul says that in verse 16. He quotes out of Isaiah 40, verse 13, but he's basically making it really clear to you and I. He initially quotes out of Isaiah 40 about the fact that there's the mind of the Lord, or in the original, of course, Yahweh, which is translated as Lord. And then later on that verse, you notice that Paul had no problem inserting the words, the mind of Christ because for the mind of the Lord because Jesus is Yahweh do you see that he had no problem in making sure you and I understand that Jesus is Yahweh he is Lord and that is the mindset that you and I are to have as a spiritual person not the natural man they're not going to have that but your mind and my mind must be a mind of Christ that means we have a biblical world view in how we think and make decisions it's crazy i know for the natural man they think you're foolish to think that your response is like i can't make that decision right now i got to spend some time with the lord on finding out if i do that or not what just make the decision man no I really need some time because I don't have clarity. God hasn't already spoken to me and already prepared me for that question or prepared me to make a decision if I have to or am I going to go or not. I'm going to spend time with my Lord first and get his direction and understanding because he's got the big plan. I don't have the plan. And he reveals my plan in my life day by day. He may give you a glimpse maybe where you're going long term, but he lays that out a day by day walk. See, the foolish man, the natural man, will not think that is smart. Well, that's of course. That is how you go up to the the ladder of success here. Of course you're going to go do that. No, 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 not unless God tells me so. How are you going to know that? By being in the word, he reveals truth in what I'm supposed to do by reading his word, seeking after him, praying and asking him. What does that mean? How how does he show you that? See, the natural man, or maybe an immature Christian, would say those kinds of things to you. But as a mature person, you understand that completely. Because God, the Holy Spirit, has already revealed that to you in your walk with him. But Paul's making sure and clear that we must have the mind of Christ to have the wisdom of God. You must have a mind of Christ. And to have that mind of Christ is to allow the Spirit of God to teach you about the Son of God through and by the Word of God and allow Him to grow for you to grow in him, to understand at a deeper level your relationship with him. There's no other way, my brothers and sisters. No other way. So remember, last week we talked about the power of God. 
This week we talked about the wisdom of God. And the power of God and the wisdom of God go together and they need each other. And that is how they keep the Christian life balanced. You want a balanced Christian life. You want to have stability. You want balance in your life and you know and you have a purpose and you have solidity. There's no squishiness and understanding. Allow the power of God, the wisdom of God to do a work in your life and you will find yourself so steadfast on solid rock. You, people will be shocked to watch your life when the storms come. And they will come. And when you're persecuted, you will be persecuted. You will be solid as a rock. You will not be moved. Are you with me? Why? Because God is the potter. You're the clay. He's just going to shape and move you as, yes, you feel like you're spinning on the wheel. But he is in complete control of the vessel he is turning you into be. Do you trust him? The wisdom of God is so clear for us today.